This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. In this special episode, we're answering your questions, giving our own hostimonies, and a preview of things to come in 2018. All of that and more today on Good Christian Fun. We're oddly quiet. <laughs> Intimate episode. Answered prayers, answered prayers, yeah. Answered prayers, answered prayers, yeah. Answered prayers, send your prayers, we'll answer them. We are your gods now. A little blasphemy for the tag. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. And, and we're here to have a little good. Good Christian. Fun. Fun. Sorry, I didn't really handle that well. <laughs> we're at a very intimate es- episode today. Very intimate. Just you and me in the room, Just Kev. the two of well, us. Well, and my husband Nathan, and who's munching on some chips over Munchy there. Munchy Magoo. <laughs> <laughs> Our silent partner. Just hey, kidding. Hey, how's your heart? My heart's good. Yeah. Uh, here we are at the end of 2017. 17th episode in. Yes. Into the show. Or um, 18th if you count episode zero as one. I mean, the historians will have a debate about how to number it. It's there, really a question for mathematicians as well, I'd say. Sure. There needs to be like whatever the 2018 equivalent is to the Counts of Nicaea that says like, <laughs> no, episode zero is canon. This episode you know, we're going to cut out. If I was out. in that, what I would call it? What's that? Council of Nice. Council yeah. of Nice. I see you. <laughs> All right, so you're good. Yeah, my heart's good. It's been a really great year, and I'm excited about this episode. Um, it's nice to just have you, and I feel like there's a lot of uh, fun things to talk about and address. Well, and I feel like we're going to feel a marked contrast with our first episode, because the Katie Hudson episode, mm-hmm. episode one, we recorded kind of on spec. We did we did one test episode. Can you Hollywood explain on spec, you spec. little Hollywood bitch Sorry. over here? Okay, come on, man. <laughs> so spec is like when you do Meets something Dan with Steven the, all right, all right. <laughs> don't meme me, man. Don't you dare meme me. Uh, meets Laura Dern once, oh, more on. like okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, we should talk no, about that. No, we'll get that. into that later. Oh my gosh, yeah. But no, on spec would be, you're, you're just doing it speculatively, as in, like, so when you write a script on spec, it's like, I don't know if this is ever going to get made, but I'm mm-hmm. still going to write it. So we were recording them kind of in a vacuum. Yeah. And not knowing if we would put them out, yeah, uh, if they were shitty. Well, a little behind the scenes, we recorded, I think, three episodes before we even released that we did we did one ramble that are just never going to go out yeah. never ever <laughs> except on patreon next year oh my gosh. <laughs> no we did one ramble just like can we talk on microphone mm-hmm. and we recorded I, that well i consider those episodes my audition tape for kevin's production company <laughs> well, of i didn't one. know <laughs> no I, it was good i'm glad we did it you don't want to just be huffing your own fumes and and but I, I include myself in that, and like I think all of my close friends are fun. 
funny on some level, but what if millions of listeners wouldn't agree with me? But it's it funny turns because out they did. it's not like you gave me a test episode when you were starting your wildly successful podcast to see if you were funny or not. You just kind of bulldozed ahead. Oh, uh, <laughs> is this the part where I repent? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, it's 2017. It's the year of repentance. 20, I mean... If there's going to be a year for repentance, yeah, probably. it would be 2017. I'd say so. Um, I'm sorry. How's your heart? Kevin never well, asked. Well, my heart's good. I went out to the movies with you and a couple other friends yes. last week. Actually, right after we recorded last week's episode, yeah, Saving with, Christmas. Yeah, with Jamie and, and Anthony. Anthony Trolley. Trolley. Just mere hours after that, I rushed over to the Santa Anita Mall in Arcadia, and I picked up... Four custom designed and custom printed <laughs> shirts that said... Not just from like a store. He went to the kiosk within the mall that no one ever wants to talk to those people. It was a personal recommendation. And honestly, it worked out. The shirts were good. They were amazing. So the shirts said upon them, feel the dern. Uh-huh. Because we're going to go see The Last Jedi, the new Star Wars movie. But yeah. more importantly... The new Laura Dern movie. Our Lady Laura Dern. Our Lady Laura. 2017 between Twin Peaks, Big Little Lies. I said thank you. Yes. I said in thank the you. Last, in The Last Jedi, we were feeling the Dern in a big way. Feeling the Dern. So we wanted to celebrate in an only the only way I knew how, which is to create a very expensive gag photo <laughs> that ended up being worth every penny because after posting it, it came across the attention of Miss Laura Dern, Yay. who then reposted it, to which Reese Witherspoon commented, I want these shirts ASAP. Amazing. So now I'm in the process. One of their friends got in touch with me, and I'm now in the process of printing Reese Witherspoon and Laura Dern. Some <laughs> Are you just making those that, two for them? No, they they asked for a couple. Like the guy said, Oh, all of Laura's best friends want oh shirts. Oh my gosh. They all so want to feel the Dern. You know, so that'd be so funny if they just took advantage of you and asked for like a hundred shirts and never <laughs> offered to like pay or anything. Can they have like two hundred? Oh, we'll pay. We'll take a selfie with you. Actually, yeah. I would probably take a selfie. Yeah, <laughs> that would everybody. actually be fine payment. It'd be fun. Anyway, that's amazing. Reese Witherspoon and Laura Dern have now seen my face after so long of watching them. Does that feel good? That feels so good, right? I feel I'm, like it's a pretty good picture of all I go of us. All ham on celebrities. Like I'm starstruck all the time. Love it can't believe it you're you're very cool and even about it you're oh, kind of yeah. like oh what a cool uh, you were asking me why i wasn't freaking fun. out on the yeah. text <laughs> yeah i mean maybe that's just part of feeling the dern is you feel cool at all times just like a cool temperature I need to channel the dern more than well Calm speaking of channeling the dern <laughs> laura dern has given me the gift of feeling the dern for nay decades now yes but now i think in that spirit i want to give you a little gift Ooh, caroline oh yay after you ambushed me. Oh, what so we got this here? is your Christmas gift. Okay. As of recording this, Christmas hasn't occurred yet, so technically I'm Oh, that's right, yeah. It's on the weekend. Yeah. Feels but as of releasing this is two days <gasps> Yay! after. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's a <laughs> it's I Like You by Amy Sedaris. It's her hospitality book. Oh my gosh. There is a shredded smoked yes. gouda cheese ball recipe I learned from that book. And you made it? That's so fire. Yeah, I made it like when I was 15. It was really good. <laughs> but I should do it again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, this is so great. You've oh, been such I an incredible host on this show that I thought, oh. 
What better way to commemorate <laughs> it than a book about hosting? Kevin, this is actually, yeah, that's very cogent. This is actually a good word. gift is what you were going to say? Kevin, this is a great gift. I am really looking forward to thumbing through it because she's such an insane, wonderful person. Uh, yay. Thank you, Santa. She good. Well, you're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> I'll miss but, that. But you know what? I didn't want to just leave it at that. Okay. I also have an additional fun. What? Okay. Is this a payback for me ambushing you? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I got a second little gift. It's a smaller box. Oh, okay. Okay. Raccooning this wall. Yeah, here we go. Okay. No oh. big deal. Ooh, a jewelry box or something. What is this? It's a mood ring. <laughs> My God. Oh my god. We all know those girls that I am talking about. It's not often that I get a gift and I want to say fuck you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> this is also so beautifully wrapped. It's like one of those boxes that has a built-in light. It's not bad, right? <laughs> you got me a mood ring? I don't know if I should admit uh, this on the air, but this did. is my first time buying jewelry for a woman. Oh, yeah, uh, that's a little weird, but you know, <laughs> that's okay. Kevin, that is really funny. Thank Merry you. Christmas and happy holidays. Merry Christmas. I felt bad on last episode. We didn't say happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy holidays. Oh, yeah. But uh, we wow. wish them retroactively. Gosh. Now it's true. Yeah, we, we do wish that. We screwed up. Listen Everybody, to Eight Days of Hanukkah. Have your fun, have your fun holidays. Sharon Jones and the Dab Kings. But you know what? Enough about our hearts. We want to hear about your hearts. Yeah. And we want to answer your prayers. The That's right. moment I wake up Before I put on my makeup I say a little prayer for you Walk home in my hair now This is our new theme song. I'm wondering what dress to wear now I say a little prayer for you Forever and ever Oh, it changes time signature. Folks, this is Answered Prayers. That's right. This is the episode where we answer your prayers in the form of questions that you email us <laughs> and voice memos that you email us. God, they say God says yes, no, or wait to all of your prayers. We say... <laughs> We're going to take a stab at it. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think so. I think, and maybe this will help, like, maybe clarify a few lingering questions that hovered over the previous 16 episodes. Yes, yeah. I will say, two of the most consistent things we saw in emails over over the last couple months, so over the months, uh, one... People saying pine pajamas means coffin, you big old dum dum. <laughs> Thank you. And then we actually got, I feel like we got a good amount of people saying, I don't think Mary Did You Know is mansplaining. Yes, we I got saw that, that a too. lot. Yes, yeah. And uh, I actually kind of agree with that. I think uh, I think it is a song that is. Um, it sounds mansplaining. I think because it was just sung by a man, but a lot of women sing it too. And it, it I think it is expressing kind of a sense of wonder and excitement and like that anticipation if we listen to the reba version oh my gosh it sounds like a goddamn topple the patriarchy (laughs) theme song (laughs) i mean it would have been reba splaining but that's some splaining i can give oh yeah um (laughs) can you do can you reba splain something uh reba splain um actually not all country singers (laughs) (laughs) 
that would be an example of Reba's finding. Reba. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I actually think that gets into a good point that maybe we might want to speak on a little bit in terms of feedback. The pine pajamas stuff is funny. But like, Mary, did you... Well, that's just us being stupid. But the Mary, did you know <laughs> thing, I think a good way to think about this show is not primarily as an authoritative text mm-hmm. on anything yeah, <laughs> at and I, all. And I think when we're joking around and we're making our bold stances too, it can sound like we're poo-pooing on anybody that may enjoy these things genuinely. And we are absolutely, we do not feel that way. Like if you feel moved by any of this stuff, even the movies or anything like that, like that you are totally entitled to that and we would never take away from that at all. And we think that's special too. Sure. So I feel like, what happens sometimes when someone has a platform from which they're speaking on something that I care about mm-hmm. is oftentimes I want them to represent my personal like mode of feeling with. Mm-hmm. So this happened actually, you know what? This happens sometimes on West Wing Weekly. That terrific podcast Rishi Hearway and Josh Molina do mm-hmm. about the West Wing, which is maybe my favorite show. So oftentimes I'll listen to it and get frustrated if exactly my takeaway from the episode isn't represented. Yeah, or they miss something that seems blaringly obvious to you. Right, which is like, I think, and I think that actually happened a lot on Gilmore where people, if someone's like perspective on one of the characters wasn't, you know, quite pronounced in such a way, not even shared, but at least articulated from the people doing the show that it was, that it was almost like, a, a, not a, not offensive, but it, then it felt incomplete. Mm-hmm. So I think our overcorrection on the show, which I have no regrets about that show, <laughs> but our overcorrection on the show was to do three and a half hour exhaustive episodes. So it's like, okay, I think we talked about every scene from four different angles, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I, I just think this show has a different goal overall. One of which is to be digestible <laughs> in at least a commune and a half. Hopefully. Right, yeah. Not be overly. Well, and that gets, gets into something else too. I wanted to, that I think is just worth repeating too. Cause we talked about this way, way back in our intro episode. <laughs> If you haven't noticed yet, Kevin and I are not pastors. We don't know everything <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to the Bible or it comes to theology or it comes oh, you to mean doctrine. the guy that said God didn't have sex with Mary, right? <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> know everything. Oh. No, I did <laughs> on our did. episode That's about right. the star. What a great. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we definitely have thought about those things a lot and read about them, and we have our own experience. But like, of course, we're not authority as, on that, and so we never claim to be that. And I think, I think neither you or I are interested in in getting that one hundred percent right on this show. Too, I think we're far more interested in. Um, what that meant to someone personally or what's funny about it or what's that intersection with these divine things and with pop culture and and like the awkwardness that happens when those combine. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just, of course, we want to just like say if we missed a theology or we got your doctrine right or or wrong or we got your um, denomination wrong, it's never our intention to like misrepresent things. It's the pacing of the show for one and it's also just not the goal of the show. And there are a lot of podcasts that do that much better than us. So sure. not to sound flippant or anything, but... That was one of the emails yeah. that we got. Actually, not in specific prompt to this episode, but a while back for our first episode of Good Christmas Fun and Stacey Orstano's lovely appearance on that, mm-hmm. we, got, we got an email from a listener, a listener named Rachel, that talked about how Stacey's experience with Catholicism did not quite mirror hers yeah. at all. Yeah, I saw that too. She wrote... 
I must say, I've never heard about the custom of kissing a newly ordained priest's feet, <laughs> nor that such a custom relates to time out of purgatory. I realize that the point of the podcast isn't to educate listeners on various Christian dogma, so I mentioned this and don't have a solution. You don't want to get into an argument with your guest who's just recounting his or her own experiences that alter the tone of the episode for mm-hmm. sure. It's just difficult sometimes knowing that there may be people outside the Christian faith who may hear some misunderstandings and pass that knowledge on through their own ignorance. And so my compulsion leads me here. It is probably, I'm sensitive to this as I live in the South and often I've found myself having to correct others' common Bible Belt misconceptions mm-hmm. about Catholicism. So it struck a nerve for me. So yeah. I think I think for that, which is all very fair and valid, one of the things that I think getting to the points we were making earlier was that especially for the guestimony stuff, when we're when we're talking to when we invite someone on the show and we are hosting them in mm-hmm. this space, I think the implication that we can all get on the same page with is that it's anecdotal yeah, and personal. It's not meant to be authoritative or prescriptive. So sometimes that's an easy thing to do because Caroline and I can either contrast their experience with ours like, oh, that's weird. Well, you know, in my church, I never experienced uh-huh. that. When it comes to denominations or experiences outside of our own, unfortunately, just by like sheer virtue of personal sp- experience, yeah, personal we can't experience, tell them what it's like. It would be a difficult thing to like fact check a person while they're, yeah. uh, you know, well, I'm Googling it. I don't see yeah. that coming up. So, and that's not the goal of the the like testimony section too. And not to throw any of our guests under the bus, but that's that's their time and their floor to share their experience however they want. And and like this listener noted so thoughtfully, like that would change the tone if we were suddenly arguing with them about like, well, actually in Catholicism they don't believe this or whatever. Like mm-hmm. that's that's their space and we we like to share that and we like to just let them feel free and not like, yeah, this isn't a podcast where we're here to like nitpick and argue about um the way they're describing a certain religion and that kind of thing. So I think, and I think the, the way we can help with that too, is just the longer this podcast go on, the longer we'll hear a lot more diverse voices and a lot more of people who have different experiences with different denominations, including Catholicism or Judaism and everything. And they will, hopefully help provide the more balanced view you're seeking but yeah because it's yeah. not it's not intentional if all the views of like catholicism sound goofy <laughs> like that's not something sure, we're, we're planning yeah. to do like it's weird right or or yeah or like if that. kevin and I, and I don't disagree that doesn't mean we have a tacit agreement with what the guests may have experienced or something like that or their perspective that they yeah, have. Yeah, I have found that in most cases, even when you do feel profound disagreement, it's hard to say, I disagree with you yeah. <laughs> about that, especially in the room. Totally. But I, I think going forward, and especially as it pertains to our relationship with you, the listeners, that there can be a better understanding of contextualizing the experience for both us and and people listening as personal. Because it is just personal at the end of the day. So we can, we, I think we can probably do a better job framing that. And, and honestly, because most of this is our <laughs> education as well, going yeah. through it and, and getting exposed to these different things. Like, I would have never heard about uh, an upbringing like mm-hmm. Madeline's kind of loosey goosey church up in New Jersey or right. Brock's insane experience with his family. Yeah. A lot of this is. Sometimes we are as much a surrogate for the listener as our guest is, even if we don't literally share one-for-one views. Yeah. That brings me to kind of another thing that I wanted to make sure we reiterate on this episode that we talked about way back in the intro, um, which is that Kevin and I come from a 
like a really white church background. And so also our frame of reference is pretty small. Because of that, like, I think there are some listeners too, justifiably, who are like, well, why didn't you know about Kirk Franklin? Or why don't you talk about gospel music? Or wouldn't you, wouldn't it be interesting to bring up this other part too? Um, actually, I'll read a uh, question from Natalie. I wanted to write in and see if you all had planned to do any further exploration into, I don't know how quite to put it, non-white slash multicultural traditions. It seems to me that many African-American faith communities' cultural products read far less cheesy and simply put, put much more compelling than many of those you featured. Yeah. Partly because they're rooted <laughs> in a long-standing cultural slash artistic tradition, e.g. gospel music, rather than, hey, you know how people like pop music? Let's insert some lyrics about mm-hmm. Jesus to, to a generic sound and bass track. Um, that's from Natalie. And and I think that's something, too, that we're very aware of that, like, yeah, our, our frame of reference is really small. And we want to make sure that we're talking about a wider range and that we have diverse guests and we have these diverse perspectives coming on to share stuff that was non-white or that's a totally different culture than ours and to make sure that, like, that is also voiced and heard and that we could talk about that. Because that is a whole section of, like, Christian pop culture that we probably didn't really interact with that much and would like to know about more. It's funny because one of the dangers that this gets into is, well, can you speak on this if it's not your own experience or your own culture and your own thing? And the answer is obviously, like, in the most academic sense, yes. But then when does it get into appropriation or you kind of like invading spaces that you shouldn't be yeah or tokenism which we're not trying to do either yeah (laughs) so yeah so it can it can go badly in one of two ways one is like you're just speaking on it without ever interacting with someone who might share like that sort of like ethnic or cultural background Mm -hmm. or two you only make the people who have that ethnic or cultural background speak on that. So it's like, right. while we, their job to educate we have the black us. guests, we got to talk about the black music right. this week, I guess. So, right. so I think both ways are <laughs> like airing on either side of that would be tricky and problematic. So mm-hmm. I, I guess <laughs> I just realized this episode is a lot of us saying like, Sorry, please forgive us in advance. <laughs> Hang in there. It's like asking for future grace. Future <laughs> grace. That gives me an idea for a song. No, but no, but truly, and especially like as we've started lining up topics and guests for the new year, that's something we've been very aware of and, and definitely something that we want to expand. Mm-hmm. You know what's so funny is the the McElroy brothers are actually a very good example of this mm-hmm. where when they started podcasting about eight years ago, mm-hmm. we were talking about how like <laughs> they weren't just saying like, oh, that's an iffy thing or that's problematic. They said, oh yeah, we said like hateful stuff. <laughs> like we said things that were messed up and yeah. slurs and blah, blah, blah. And it was eight years ago. But what's been so lovely to see with them and particularly, and you could see this at PodCon, was how the fandom kind of bought into a relationship with them. And they changed how they spoke and thought and behaved in a way that wasn't scoldy or, you mm-hmm. know, like, now, now, sir. But it really was like, oh, if if people who create things listen to the people who consume them and listen thoughtfully, yeah. and there's a fundamental element of trust in that relationship, then beautiful things can happen. Yeah. Someone, I will say, someone DM'd me and said, oh, I started listening to Good Christian Fun. And then I went back and listened to Gilmore, guys, and you were tone deaf as hell in <laughs> <laughs> the first couple of episodes. I'm like, <laughs> That's so oh, yeah, you're probably right. So... <laughs> So I guess guess we're just saying um, we appreciate your trust and grace as we move forward. Yeah, and we're not going to take advantage of that. Like we're going to improve. We're going to try to get better. And uh, 
that's a priority for us and we're excited about it. And I think yeah. that's really important. I'm excited to uh, get more. Oh no. What do I say? Don't get more. Say what's it. the word? <laughs> educated. Bazinga. Is that, get more Bazinga. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited to get more Bazinga. Hell yeah. Oh, Candace, Candace Panky uh, wrote in and said, I'm pausing the most recent episode of GCF to let Kevin know that there's a cookbook for bachelors called A Man, a Can, and a Plan. <laughs> One of my college friends had it. So sad. And to this day <laughs> is defensive about how awesome it is. It might be worth looking into, oh, smiley gosh. face. So this thank you for the email, Candace. This feels like defeat. I I can't. I can't do it. To just turn into a can. A man, a can, a plan. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I would you gotta rather... You have some fresh food in there, Kev. I would rather have leftovers, a la Carrie Coon, than just like the microwave cooking for one book, a man, a can, oh, a plan. Man. This feels like a white flag to my own <laughs> situation, as it were. Yeah, and just I, when you accept how bad things and, get. And I'll never surrender. You know what? Let's listen to a voice memo. Ooh, okay. One of the voice memos we got. Thank you for sending in your voice memos. You know what? For the future, you can email us at goodchristianfun at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Attach a little voice memo or a little recording of your voice. And then mark it in the subject line, answer my prayer. <laughs> in that tone. And we'll store it away. Yeah, like all caps <laughs> and like some pretty manic emoji surrounding it. <laughs> we'll know it's and urgent. we'll mark it for a future episode. Yeah. This will not be the last time we answer your prayers unless <laughs> no one cares about this episode then we'll never do it again <laughs> so let's listen to a voice memo what do you think about that kev okay i'm into it this one comes from ashley hey kevin and caroline this is ashley i just had a quick question for you guys thinking back on all of the episodes that you guys have had uh, and all the characters and people that have been involved in those Um, Who would you pick, which four people, whether they're fictional or real, uh, who would you pick for your tribulation force? Uh, It can be anybody from Michael W. Smith or even Bible Man, but just pick four people uh, and maybe even give your reasons why. Thank you. I love the show and I can't wait to hear your answer. Bye. Well, this is going to be pretty easy, I think. Slam dunk question, Ashley. So good. Do you have your lineup? No, you go first. Okay, well, I'm going to say, first of all, background singer guy on Amy Grant saving <laughs> saving Christmas album. <laughs> just a Christmas album. Talking about... Don't you know? <laughs> that guy. He because... Was, oh, yeah. He'd be on the force, and if, you know, little demon hunters are... I don't know. I don't know who you're mm-hmm. fighting. The Antichrist, the Antichrist tries to get you. He'd just lay out some sick vocal And the passion and alone would just bowl them over. He'd be like, I shouldn't be the Antichrist Oh, anymore. by the way, Tribulation Force is from uh, Left Behind, and that's <laughs> those are the four people the Christians left behind, and they form some kind of troop to, like, I don't know if I forgot it. it they I form an improv troop. <laughs> Clearly, we read the book. I did not watch a sequel. <laughs> I heard Armageddon. Thank you. Okay, so you have the riffing guy. I got riffing guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna put Ross Kimball on there too. Oh, that's nice because he's so tall. And so I, now you've picked one of our guests and none of the other ones. Oh, oh gosh! <laughs> if there's only four slides, sorry, I'm giving it to Ross. Oh damn! So because Ross, he's tall. He's tall, but I also feel like he could convince someone pretty well I in the situation. I agree. He has a charm that could get you out of some really sticky situation yeah because his his height is disarming but then his gentleness is doubly so wow so it, it's kind of just a roller coaster a being friends with him 
uh, <laughs> truly. Um, and then for the third role, I'm not putting Bible Man on my tribulation force, Ashley. Bible Man. There's shadow of Bible Man too. just has a computer. I have a computer. Bible Man just kind of talks to you. And that's not really a superpower. No, it's not great. And I'm going to put 80 Bryant as the the sheep (laughs) and the star. Oh, that's great. On there. And then honestly and sincerely, I think uh, Michael Tate. (laughs) (laughs) He can distract people by breakdancing in the desert. Nice. As he does in Jesus. You know what? He's got some singing chops, so I put him on too. Sure. Okay. This is no surprise. Larry the Cucumber is absolutely on my tribulation force. What's he gonna do? He's gonna... I tell you he's gonna crumble under pressure. Are you kidding me? One, okay. Have you seen Larry Boy? One, he's a strong guy. (laughs) Yeah. He's um, a strong guy? Yes, he is. And I think it's important to have uh, someone who's fun on the group and who has memorized a lot of Bible verses. Mm -hmm. And in a pinch, he's a snack. So he's all good. (laughs) This is oh, damn. taking a very I would never, dark turn. I would never eat Larry. He's you would eat sweet. Larry if it got, if push came to shove. Oh, I would not. Okay. Katie Hudson, like that's just pure star power, and you're gonna need. Well, that. that's just money. I, you you pick the person with the most money. She, or are you saying Katy Perry as a fifteen year old? Oh, uh, but she has the potential to merge into Katy Perry if we get into that evolution. Like if she powers up enough. <laughs> Um, oh, you don't think the apocalypse is going to keep her busy from pursuing her music career too much? I'm going to say that kind of, again, star power, there, it can't be stopped. Like, it's a runaway train, so okay. it's going to get there. Okay, so that's We two. got Larry. We got we Larry. Got we got Katie. I'm going to put Brittany from Jump 5. She would scream at people and they would run away. She's got that, that <laughs> sonic boom that she needs. <laughs> kind of power truly a super smash brothers character at and this a great point. dancer yeah okay also and distract them with break dancing much like michael Tate. <laughs> and then my fourth member would be you kevin oh <gasps> what an honor as a sacrificial lamb that goes before everyone and <laughs> yeah, gets killed push you into the hey, guillotine kevin, why you go to down distract there? <laughs> right virgin champagne on the way <laughs> Yeah, Someone's right. got to bring alcohol to the party. Okay. This this one comes from Rachel. Hey, Kevin and Caroline. This is Rachel from Philadelphia. So when you guys played Big House, it reminded me of all the motions that we used to do with it. For example, so we can play football. Mm-hmm. That one is stuck in my head forever. <laughs> and it got me thinking about all the other songs we used to sing in youth group. So my question is, what is your favorite song that you sang at church camp or at youth group and did it have motions for my really liked days of elijah which that? there was trumpets and there were like open arms and abba moves wow. and i also remember singing i can only imagine all the time though <laughs> so that one didn't have any motions oh yeah so that is my question it should have you guys rock thanks for all you do love the podcast oh <laughs> you rock thanks for submitting thank you rachel okay Songs for which you remember the dance moves for mm-hmm. from youth group. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first one that came to my mind was every move I make, I I'm making you. you. You make, make me move, move Jesus. Jesus. Every, every move I, I make, I breathe in you. I take in you. And then it goes waves of mercy, waves of And we're doing the waves. Every, every we're looking look, around. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, see I see your face, face which is peekaboo. Your love has your captured love me. has captured, and then you pretend to be a slave, which is fun. Which ugh. <laughs> oh, oh oh my god, god this love, love how can? can and then you kind of shimmy up. You shimmy oh, down. I know my absolute favorite, Pharaoh Pharaoh. Yep, 
We, because you get to do a big time pelvic thrust in that song, which huh! is so weird. Like, why do they? So to to <laughs> catch the listener up, they kind of weird. They weird out um, Louie Louie by the Kingsmen. Oh, is that what it's supposed uh, to be? Louie Louie. Oh, oh man, Kevin! I am realizing this for the first time. Oh my time. gosh! Whoa! <laughs> How could I have missed it? That's so obvious. Yeah, that that like sloppy rock and roll by song the from the. <laughs> So it goes, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh, baby, let my people go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So (laughs) that's what we grew up on. I don't know what the ho was supposed to indicate. Did you do I am a C? I am a C-H. I am a C-H-R-E-S-C-I-A-N. And I have C-H-R-E-S-C and my H-E-A-R-T and I have L-I-V-E-E-T-R-N-L-Y. Well, I didn't remember that part. That one doesn't have motions, but you do get to try to say it as fast as you can. And I think we like run in place or something. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be a sheep. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, I didn't know I that I just want to be a sheep. Ba, 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 ba. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I just want to be a sheep. Ba, 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 ba. What are the Which in that? retrospect is horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and the lyrics go, I don't want to be a Pharisee. I don't want to be a Pharisee because they're not fair, you see. I think that's so clever. (laughs) I don't want to be a Sadducee because the Sadducees were sad, you see. I can't believe you're just now realizing. Fair, fair. I mean, that it it makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. just take that melody. It's Easy. Rip it. Easy. Great question. Thank you, Rachel. Lemon squeezy. This Um, one comes from Shannon. Hi, Kevin and Caroline. This is Shannon from Illinois. Um, I had a mostly secular childhood, but there was one summer when my parents kind of inexplicably sent me to vacation Bible school with my cousins. Um, And while I was there, I learned some Christian children's songs that still occasionally get stuck into my head to this day. Um, So my question for you is, are there any Christian children earworms that get stuck in your head that you'd like to share with us? Thank you. Love the show. Bye. Well, speaking more on that, I mean, Father Abraham had many sons. It was like... Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the equivalent of uh, Teenage Dream to us now. I don't know. <laughs> what, just like it's, what's, what is the biggest earworm? I, maybe Blurred Lines would be an earworm that you... Because you don't want it. Yeah. Even though he says, I know you want huh. it in the song. Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham. I'm, I'm one, one of them. them. And so, so are you. So, so let's just praise the Lord, Lord right arm. arm. Yeah, and then it turned in kind of like a Macarena. Isn't that why? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Father Abraham. Hi. <laughs> I have a good question. Good question fun? Should we have called it good question fun? Oh, damn <laughs> ah, it. That's so much better than answering good your prayers. fun. <laughs> Darn it, that's so good. Because it sounds so cool. Can we change it? Good question fun. <laughs> Yeah, we can change it. We can do whatever we Who want. Cares? We own this show. It'll be good question fun parentheses answered prayers because we good already took the picture. Fun. Good question fun. We could oh. retake the pick. We could. Yeah. Okay, so this is from Katarina from Germany. Hey Katarina. Yep. Uh <laughs> Um, we have a listener on all the way out in Germany, Kevin. How cool is that? Da. Oh, das boy. cool. Good. Well, now we lost her. So oh, we sorry. have zero Come back, Katarina. <laughs> <laughs> I did you dirty, Katarina. That's Russian, I'm sorry. too. Da. It's das. Ja for no, but German, like right? Das Boot. We have negative one listeners in Germany <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> They're making other people stop listening. <laughs> okay. So um, Katarina said, I don't really understand the concept of Christian bumper stickers. 
Could you maybe Godsplain or Americansplain them? Do they, in general, convey a sense of humor and a mild sense of self-mockery? Or is it the exact opposite, and it's like showing off being a Christian and better than non-believers? Ooh, well, I don't think <laughs> I don't think bumper stickers by nature are self-aware. I haven't seen right. too many, like, meta bumper stickers. They're, yeah, they're no one much... puts a bumper sticker and it was like, what if I was the type of guy that used a bumper sticker? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> although now I want to make a bumper sticker that says that. It's too much work. Um, so, yeah, I hope this helps answer the question a little bit, Katarina, but um, they're not usually self-aware. They are kind of maybe a little, like, like puffy. Puffy's not the right word. Puffy? Yeah, um, of like, yeah, I'm a Christian, so what? You know, or kind of like, here's a head scratcher to really get in your head about Christianity. Which I think is true of any bumper sticker yeah. pro- pro- professing any belief, whether it's like... I think that's probably true. I'm a Trader Joe in the streets and a Whole Foods in the sheet or whatever I want that it is. bumper sticker. <laughs> Tell you what, Whole Foods is now going to order a bunch of those, just like Lord Dern. <laughs> Oh, I wish. You had a tab in these No, I care hands. way more about Laura's approval <laughs> than Trader Joe's. Yeah, I, I think bumper stickers, yeah, are usually kind of smug or they're just a very sincere fan of something like Star Wars or, or their family. Well, if you think about <laughs> Oh, yeah, you see the ones with like right. the stick figures of all the yeah. children and spouses. <laughs> I don't know if they're smug. They're almost like, I mean, some of them are for sure smug, but they're almost like proto tweets because yeah. it's like how what words can we fit on here and and we see a lot of overlap too with like church signage and bumper sticker stuff like yes m- there much is of them of are done the same it's spirit. a lot of like well and then some of them are visual which is why we had to start tweeting them because you really had to see them for that for to get the to full gravity of yeah. the funniness but yeah there are a lot of like wordplay usually or spelling play. Yeah, but the spirit <laughs> in which most of them are created is not a um, heightened sense of self-awareness. Um, this one is from Emily. Uh, we've established that Kevin is virgin champagne. What does that make, Caroline? I got an answer for this immediately. <laughs> Spiked punch at a, at a middle school dance. Wine dip and communion wafers in. A high-quality whiskey that inspires drink to flip off the devil. I got, I got an answer you for this You have an answer? Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Let's hear it. <laughs> I think you're whiskey and Coke. Oh. Because I find you to be substantial it'll it'll alter your mood in a positive way but very sweet as well with a hard edge to it very nice you could have gone for a burn and you went for a very sweet one i would not well i mean it does burn if you pour it on an open wound as you do from time to time (laughs) like when you said how's your dead dog to me (laughs) or what was it we were leaving the hollywood bowl a couple years ago and you're like how's your dog i was like oh we're gonna put him down a couple weeks and you're like you said you're not gonna be there i was like yes i am (laughs) you were out of town <laughs> so you know that'd be an example oh, of how God. whiskey works <laughs> yep that's about right uh, my answer was a shirley temple with a shot of tequila but we'll go with yours i i said this earlier but virgin champagne is not only a great burn but <laughs> it is also i don't like this exegesis of virgin champagne <laughs> i think it's i think it's good and in a sweet way um because i think champagne brings the party and kevin always brings the party wherever okay. he goes well, he's very fun i appreciate that yeah but do you think one day i might not be a virgin champagne oh we'll see i don't know the rapture might happen before that <laughs> no way that's like in one of our ads you said i said do you think i could use this wedding registry one day and you said i don't think the internet will exist then <laughs> it will be in a post-apocalyptic so nightmare oh it's all in love that's fair kevin will get married someday if he wants to um 
it's such like a like a prophecy contingent. Like yes. he will one day do this. What if he really it's feels up to like him. it? <laughs> Kill fuck Mary. Kirk Cameron in Left Behind, Kirky Cams in Fireproof, or Kirk Cameron in Saving Christmas. This is from Emily. Oh, kill Kirk in Saving Christmas. I guess Easy. marry him in Fireproof because he wants to work on his That's marriage. true. And then, you know what? And Left Behind? We're talking about Buck. <laughs> I don't I'm know what I'm going to do with that. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do to Buck? I'm going to make love to him in the context of covenant marriage. I 100% agree with your choices. Okay. Okay. Great. Do you have uh, another question? Some of these are easy. Yeah. Got a voicemail. Yeah. Hey, Caroline and Kevin. This is Morgan from DC. My question is, who influenced you the most when it comes to Christian pop culture? Mine would definitely be my mom. She's the reason that I have to listen to Point of Grace during the holidays, especially. Um, thanks. Have a good one. I think... Oh, thanks, Morgan. Truly, thank you for the question, Morgan. There's a group of friends that I had. I mean... I think our moms probably influenced us in like when they were, no, yours didn't. Oh, not mine. Not at all. No. Well, my mom controlled the radio, so she influenced that. (laughs) And she also, here's one thing our moms do share. Rush Limbaugh. We know. (laughs) We know that because of our moms for sure. But there was there was a friend of mine growing up, a guy named Kent Klingerman, who then became Kent Matthews when he became a Christian radio DJ. Oh wow! And he's someone who like, but I saw from from the start he he could enjoy it without taking it so like overly reverentially seriously mm-hmm. in a way where he could like have fun with it and make fun of some of the songs while still being super into it and obviously more so than anyone else I know and that he became a Christian music DJ wow, at yeah. 89.3 FM KSPJ God Lessons in Houston, Shut Texas. Up. Shouts out. So I, I guess he did and I'm I'm trying to think and you know what I think my older brother did uh-huh. in the most formative years because it's like well Kyle has a Five Iron Frenzy CD. Oh, I'm going to yeah. listen to Five Iron Frenzy. Yeah I'd say my older sister too. Mm-hmm. So yeah I think older siblings and we've heard yeah. that from our guests before too where it's just like yeah, it's just you want to be you cool like them. They or, yeah, yeah, they're your only that. entry point. Uh, I'll say the other person that influenced most of my Christian pop culture, uh, any substitute teacher I ever had at my Christian school. Because, really? Yeah, because that's when uh, usually they would turn on a movie or something. So I saw a lot of uh, Christian movies through like my Bible classes or history classes or whatever class they wanted to uh-huh. check out on. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but uh, I mentioned this before too. I, I wasn't super, super... Um, in depth in that world I think like culturally from a like mindset point or like political point I was more versed in that from my school but I didn't listen to a lot of this music or a lot of these movies growing up so so I don't know why I'm on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) no but for you you can be even more of an audience surrogate yeah I'm a little bit of an outside insider well and I think we said this on one of the previous episodes where it's like our runway for our own personal experience and nostalgia for this is mm-hmm. going to run out pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. <if laughs> In terms we of like, there's only maybe span. 30 or yeah. 40 of these things where it's like, <laughs> I remember this. And then from then I will probably all be in the same boat of like, this is new to me. Yeah. Let's check it out. Totally. Well, we got this question via email. Matt wrote in and said, you've dug into loads of bad Christian media, but what are some Christian bands slash books slash movies that you'd love 
Being a lifetime Christian, I know the quality content is few <laughs> and far between, so I'm always open to recommendations. Cool. You know what? I'll say there's no movies. <laughs> there's no movies that I, I would... I struggle to think of like an explicitly Christian movie. I can think of some that had Christian themes in them that were probably pretty cool, but... You know what movie I liked a lot when it came... I was 12 or 13 years old when it came out. Mm -hmm. Signs? Oh, yeah. I thought was a good... That had a lot to do with faith, but it wasn't like... I think we're all still going to be waiting for the first good, like, explicitly Christian-produced Christian movie to come out. I don't think it's happened yet, which which always takes the podcast into interesting territory, because I'm always gearing up for, like... Okay, what is the way in which this movie will be bad? Whereas with music, I'm like, it could go either way. Yeah, like there's a lot of really beautiful Christian music too. Yeah. Um, Do you think we should rename all of our movie episodes, How Did This Get Prayed? <laughs> Would that be a good idea? Yeah. But, good but idea. you know what I mean? It's so much more of a crapshoot with music, mm-hmm. whereas movies, it's like... What are uh, Christian musicians that you like? You know, one that I've been listening to this year, that was new to me this year. Uh-huh. Her Christmas album, Lauren Daigle, I think is all right. Daigle. Daigle. And then, Daigle. And then, um, oh, and then uh, King's Kaleidoscope, I thought was good. Cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I feel like I still need to do my homework more on this. Um, there's an album by The Brilliance I really like. There's a lot of instrumental on it um, that's really beautiful. I think Gunger is pretty great, although I haven't listened to a lot of their recent stuff. Um, His podcast is good. Oh, it is. I've listened to the it. liturgist. Oh yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot. And I'd say like every once in a while, if I'm really, really in the mute, the mood for uh, like worship music, which is not often, Hillsong um, <laughs> can have some good stuff. So yeah, there's so many more than that. And I know some of you have written in being like, "There's some really good artists out there. Like you don't have to." only listen to the bad stuff and um you're 100 percent right so well and i would get there i would put jars of clay in that category oh yeah jars of clay honestly like and there you know with some of this stuff what's been lovely about this show is people kind of coming out of the woodwork and making friends and acquaintances or like internet friends with people who are uh, who have a lot of direct involvement Mm -hmm. with a lot of this stuff yeah and so there's one guy who pretty much every every time we're about to do an episode, I'll check in with him like, what do you think of this? Oh, really? And, <laughs> and get like the inside scoop? Yeah. And he said, because he has a pretty good perspective on it. Oh, yeah. And one of the things he said about Jars of Clay was like, oh, yeah, they could have been bigger if they wanted to, but they kind of chose a different route. Actually, you know what? I'm misremembering this. This guy, that guy does exist, but we actually got that tip from someone who sent us an email. Oh, cool. You know, I'm going to keep this guy's name nameless. He'll remain nameless. But he gave us like little, <laughs> this will be fun to read. He talked about, you know, he worked in Nashville, one of the major Christian record labels. He was surrounded by all the Clinton era CCM heroes. Uh, everything <laughs> seemed bizarre. Yeah, cause, I mean, because that's most of what we're covering, I guess. That's true, yeah. Clinton Bush. That's right. I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with a lot of Obama era (laughs) artists. Uh, Now I'm completely outside that work and no longer identify as Christian. Looking back on it, it feels like a strange fever dream. Anyhow, the tea that he's about to spill. Yes. Okay, this will be, this will be a little juicy. Gonna keep him nameless. I should probably check if he said, don't talk about this on the show. (laughs) But, uh, 
He did sign the, he signed off by saying in his grip with an asterisk. Yes, I actually used to use in his grip to sign my so emails. Funny. Kill me, please. In his grip. <laughs> so this guy that is cool. Like that could be like such a manly sign off. Yeah, I'll, I'll. Uh, in his tug. <laughs> in his tug. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to read a few of these. The, the one I was thinking of, Jars of Clay. These are really good and progressive guys. They could have continued to ride the CCM wave, but they didn't want to churn out worship albums or Jesus is my boyfriend songs, mm. so their career suffered. But they're smart, forward-thinking, progressive, justice-oriented guys who are worthy of respect. I don't care for their music, but I respect the hell out of them. Yeah, they do um, a ton of really good charity work, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're still. And their last album was like four years ago now, yeah. or five years ago, maybe, when you're listening to this. Michael W. Smith. I worked for his next door neighbor for a while. Homeboy loves George W. Bush. That's it. <laughs> the other W. Remember? What's that? That's how George Bush would greet Michael oh, yeah. W. Smith. You're the other W. Or he says, you're the real W. <laughs> no, you're the real W. Woo! I mean, he does half fight. Woo! All right. Thanks, George. Amy Grant. The label I worked for had a monthly staff meeting where an artist would usually perform. When we signed Amy, she led an hour of worship. She would talk in between songs, telling a long, drawn-out story. The worship-based, heartfelt story was about how she and her husband, who, mind you, is Vince Gill, were both touring and hadn't been intimate in a while. Oh, my God. So, the no-pun-intended climax of the story is that she and Vince had overlapping schedules in Chicago one day, so they met up in a hotel room to bone for a while. If there's a spiritual metaphor, it was lost on me. (laughs) (laughs) She just told that whole story and it like didn't connect to any of the songs yeah. she was singing. That's amazing. I mean, Amy, I'm gonna be chasing Amy. I, I should just. The more I learn about Amy, the more I. I want to get her. her on the show. Oh yeah. We should have special bonus episodes called "Chasing Amy," where we're just <laughs> making our case. Like, just an update look, on like how Amy, how it's going. Girl, yes, Amy. exactly. <laughs> or maybe that's just a side podcast I start where I'm like. Amy Sherman Palladino, please come on. Amy Grant, please come on. Amy Smart, I enjoyed your work in uh, Rat Race. Please come on. Amy Adams, so out of my league, but a ginger connection. (laughs) Maybe we can make it happen. Amy, man, I think you're the coolest human alive. Please (laughs) save me and come on the show. Amy, Amy. And that would be the theme song. Okay, Toby Mac. He was an artist on my roster. Surprisingly, a really cool and talented guy. Yes, he's a white Christian rapper, and I want him to just be a punchline, but he's a great dude. He's the only person in Christian music who no one will say a bad word about. Love so, that. Love so that, that was some info. insider tea. And then he wrote some other things I'm not going to read. <laughs> <laughs> Just Actually, you, you know what? He did, he did say something on the subject of your favorite band, Reliant K. By the way, the jury's still out on Reliant K. Yeah. We're Don't not, hate him. We're not prejudging. We're going by the song alone, although we could devote a whole episode to Reliant K defenses. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, he said, I was at a festival with Reliant K once, a few youth groups left after Reliant K played, several youth pastors made their youth groups leave the entire festival. Why? Why? Oh. Because Reliant K's drummer wasn't wearing a shirt during their set. Oh my gosh. Sacrilege. Let's check out this voicemail. I think this one's from Othello. Not Othello, <laughs> uh, Othello. Hi Caroline, hi Kevin. Hey. Hi. Uh, huge fan of the show, first of all. Um, my Obama? question, I feel like, is a little serious in nature, so hopefully I'm not bringing down the vibe oh, to the podcast so far. Brother. But um, I have a back-and-forth relationship with Christianity. I feel like most of uh, my issues with it stem from witnessing 
you know, people that claim to be Christians kind of acting uh, in a hypocritical manner, you know, saying one thing, doing another. Um, I was wondering how you guys deal with that within your own personal lives and what you witness within the church. Thanks so much. Woo! That's a good question. It's a loaded question. Yes. How do you deal with hypocrisy within the church as a whole? Um, <laughs> I tweet. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, just tweet. Um, I tweet. I tweet. I tweet. Uh, in all seriousness, that is a, a really tough one. And Oh, um, his name was Cody. Thank you, Cody. Oh, Cody. Thank you. Because, yeah, I think... I think you are so not alone. There's a lot of people, Christian or post-Christian, who that's a huge turnoff from the church. And it's a huge turnoff like, well, if these are the people who ascribe to this belief and this is their example, especially when they use Jesus as an excuse to also be a dick, mm-hmm. it's really it's really not good. And it's kind of like, well, then maybe this religion is not right. The way I deal with that is just acknowledging that that's... Um, that's just people, I guess, in my mind, and not to give an excuse or anything, but I don't think that's exclusive to Christianity. And of course, we should be better than that. And that's that's our goal, but that's every Christian's goal. And like we're all, I think, working through how to not be a hypocrite and how to not be a dick. And I think I, I can be empathetic in some ways because I've been the dick in so many situations or been the judgmental yeah. person yeah. or been the one <laughs> oh, to readily agree. Totally. For sure. I just yeah. jump in. Um, that said, like there's some very real damage that can happen from that. And that's something that everyone figures out on their own. And so, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I've, I've experienced a lot of hurt from people within the church and people from outside of the church, but it hurts more when it's from people who She'll be practicing kindness and compassion. But yeah, it's just kind of the grain of salt. It's a little bit of compassion of my own and kind of remembering that just because a Christian said it doesn't mean it came from Jesus and they're not one and the same. It's different in religion because it, it's so much more personally affecting than some things. Mm-hmm. But but you would never say the worst, most insane thing that uh, a member of the Democratic Party or senator represents the entire base, right? Like right, if some you could guy, say, this is probably a fringe, or this is probably a minority. Yeah, or maybe Sanders not a good example, but like, yeah, someone on Twitter who's like, "Well, I'm a Republican, and I think we should kill all, you know, insert ethnicity here." Mm-hmm. You wouldn't say, "Oh, that's all Republicans." Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's hard to divorce. Although I, I feel like I don't want to dodge the question because it's like, how do you deal with it? Yeah, and I feel like when when you see like rampant hypocrisy on a like a ground floor level that hopefully if you're in relationship with the people that you talk to them mm-hmm. that said i think there is within like church culture in the christian life the difference between a family conversation and then talking to someone who's not in the family as yeah. if they are and that's inappropriate yeah but i think that that applies to not not specifically faith stuff but just anyone that if you're talking to them in a in a corrective way or a rebuking sort of way god's planning rebuke is like a loving correction mm-hmm. as defined by the bible where mm-hmm. it's like hey i have a hard truth to give to you and it's yeah. unpleasant but sometimes it's a real mis- miscalculation of the relationship if you say hey can i can i talk to you for a second you don't want to overstep that bound but right. i think the way i deal with that personally is when I see it within 
people for whom I would say, oh, yeah, I feel a secure attached relationship and connection and trust with. And Mm -hmm. so I do feel like it's like having a conversation with a family member. Some of the most healing relationships and beautiful things have been from Christians, too, which I think helps with the balance. And I've just been lucky in Mm -hmm. that, too. But I think it is important to like acknowledge that the church as a whole does have a problem with this like angry, hypocrite-feeling person that makes you feel shitty, even when you're on the inside. I mean, all that's to say, because I feel like some of that in my response was kind of dodgy. Like, well, if I'm friends with them, I'll say something. But Yeah, but I think I think what you're trying to say maybe is like, it's situational, and if it's someone that doesn't know you very well, it's easier for you to maybe dismiss it or kind of be like, that's not that's not true, and that's not something I have to like turn my back on the church from because of that. But I, but you know, I do like calling out. I, I feel like everyone does like calling out hypocrisy from a safe distance. Yeah. Did, did we answer that question well? I think so. I think that's a hard one to answer. I don't, I don't know why I'm getting hung up on it because maybe I don't feel satisfied with my own answer. But sure. just, but I, I think sometimes the way to combat that is by hopefully living the opposite way and trying to proclaim that truth as much as possible and mm-hmm. trying to have more of a trajectory towards compassion, love, and empathy rather than doing whack-a-mole with the, with the heathens yeah. or the people that you find to be intolerable. Hmm. I think that I think that's appropriate in in a relational context, but I think when you're talking about hypocrisy in the macro, it's like, yeah, go after it in ways that are that are compassion forward but also truthful and and harsh sometimes because mm-hmm. I think I think saying some harsh things is just a part of yeah. any sort of like convicted faith lifestyles like you know what? This sucks. I think this person's doing yeah. it wrong, even if they mean well and they are like a, a sincere person. Yeah, I think that's a lot of what this show has been too, at, at least for us, of of recognizing there are some like cancers within this own system that we have a lot of love for, and like we can talk yeah. about that truthfully, be on a large scale, you know, without tearing anyone down totally. But mm-hmm. probably we could do more compassion forward, as you said, but compassion Man. forward and sex posse <laughs> both at the same time sex forward and Com- compassion behind <laughs> <laughs> do you want to get into the personal stuff now? yeah okay um so the, the overwhelming actually amount of questions that we got were about um how much money we make yep about what the ads cost um no <laughs> it was about uh you and me kev and yeah. our own personal faith journey and um where we're at now or where we came from or just what what is going on with our own belief in God. Um, so take it away. <laughs> oh, damn. Well, listen. If you want to narrow it down, you can talk about maybe how it's been since we started the podcast. You want to do that? Sure. I think... Um, where you were at and where you're at now. Right. Uh, when we... In in our first episode, we were talking before we recorded. It's interesting. <laughs> I'm not mad about it, but... Uh, Episode one has a lot more lessons than episode zero, where we do speak briefly mm-hmm. about our own personal guest. Well, I guess it'd be a hostimony. 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 Yeah, we had a few uh, listeners that said that. Yeah, so we kind of gave a bird's eye view yeah. of what that looked like. And this was a question I was going to ask you, too, is like, how has your relationship to your own faith evolved in the last 16 episodes? Mm-hmm. Because I think of our lives in in terms of episodes now, not like months. <laughs> no more time. Oh yeah, I I met that girl like twelve episodes ago. I think it was like episode two. Yeah, it was episode two. That was when I was eating cookies. Uh, I hope I have a baby. Twenty episodes from now. <laughs> I, I hope I have a baby. At episode right. sixty nine. <laughs> nice. Nice. That'd be the nicest episode of For all. 
episode 69, we have to do like a huge celebration. Oh, it'll be a live show <laughs> at the Staples Center. Yeah. <laughs> Please come. Duck Dynasty will We're gonna, be there. Oh, gosh. Get back to it. So one thing that's been challenging about doing this show, I feel like I didn't have to engage with my faith on a regular basis. Being raised essentially culturally Christian in a lot of ways where it was like, yeah, we, we go to church and we do the thing and that's what we do. But mm-hmm. then there were certain members of my family that were more into it than others. Mm-hmm. And so by the time you get to college, it's like, is this real or is this not? Are you taking steps towards it or right. not? And so for me... I didn't go to church the first like year I was in college. Second year I was in in college, I played in like a little praise and worship band on Sunday mornings. <laughs> I played keys for them, awesome. but then I attended another church and was doing both. But I think coming out here to LA eight years ago now was the first time I had to regularly contend with with um, all these and think about and process all these issues. What mm-hmm. do I believe? How is God real? What version of God am I buying into? So I feel like that was very much informed by the community that I was in, which would be the church that I was in and the community group or like the smaller group, the little Bible study I was in. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, well, shit, I'm going next week. I gotta talk about something like, and, and there is this thing of, um, I wonder if people would relate to the idea of, okay, what's my prayer request going to be this week? Like, what do I need prayer for? And then oftentimes it's like, my aunt broke her ankle. Pray for it. It's always some like distant relatives injury or like health problem because that's easy to pray for. And then sometimes (laughs) doing this in community group with you, I'd be like, I'm depressed. And like try to talk about that stuff. Actually, it's hard a lot of time to be very real about your prayer requests because you're in this like group setting. Yeah. And you, there's a, but I think for me, faith has, has been part real and genuine and authentic and sometimes part social survival. Mm -hmm. Almost like social evolution of, okay, well, all the people I love have bought into this thing. So I feel like I need to continue in this thing because if I don't, then I don't think I can be friends with with these people Mm -hmm. or these people won't love me or these people won't. Or it'll raise some sort of like red flag for them. And then like, oh no, yeah, and we're Mm going to have to pray for you or whatever. Mm -hmm. So all of this compounded by just a general... I feel like I had feelings of depression. I don't know if I would say I was technically clinically depressed over the last couple of years, uh, maybe in 2013, but I did work at a church for about a year and a half or two years from like 2011 to 2013. Mm-hmm. I worked at the church I've been attending for the last eight years. What was I'm your role again? Sunday technical director. That's right. Okay. STD. <laughs> I thought you were setting me up for that. No, I was not. That truly was the title for a little bit until they realized their air. <laughs> And I love all those people I worked with, but, yeah. and I'll get into that more, I'm sure, in the future and kind of like the circumstances of that. But yeah, that was confusing, like serving in a semi-leadership role mm-hmm. in a church in that context and then not feeling connected to it myself. All this is to say there's been very high highs and very low lows and a lot of it marked by, I believe, or I think this is real, or I hope this is real, mm-hmm. but I would never... In the last maybe five or six years, say to someone, I am 100% confident and secure by the blood of Christ and blah, 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 blah. So for me, I've really operated out of an insecurity of that position Mm -hmm. of, I don't think I'm good. 
And I think that's knocked me. We talked about this a couple weekends ago. I think because of that, and I think because of some of the the social expectations of that, right? That cut me off from certain relationships, even even like romantic relationships or dating mm-hmm. stuff, because mm-hmm. there's an expectation which we'll get into, I'm sure, in detail about like, well, the guy leads the girl spiritually, right. which I and definitely he needs to be totally good spiritually before he can even think about dating me. He's shepherding his family, so mm-hmm. the guy needs to be ba 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 ba, which I feel a lot of liberation and freedom, not needing to opt in to certain ideas, and I feel like. I feel like before I was very afraid of, oh no, if I drop the things I don't think are helpful or kind or compassionate or seem ass backwards to me Mm -hmm. about what it means to buy into, I shouldn't say buy into, what it means to like truly believe in the work and person of Jesus Christ, then I always felt like it was a house of cards where it's like, if you believe this big thing at the top, Mm -hmm. okay, cool, great. But also, it means you got to believe in this and this and this and this totally, and this and yeah. this and this. Yeah. And then if you take one of those things out where it's like, oh, if you don't think you need to have a complementarian view of the world and the guy needs to be, men and women are equal, but the guy leads and is more accountable to God. I don't know. That might be, yeah. your faith might be questionable. And they'll say like, oh, that's not a salvation issue. But yeah, that which, is an issue that like you you need to correct something in your worldview about God. Sure, which is truly I don't even know if that's biblical, but I hear that all the time of well, there are primary issues mm-hmm. and then there's secondary issues. Right. Whether a, a woman can preach in in church or not, that's a secondary issue. Yeah. But and a I, primary and issue, and very often that comes from a place of privilege of like, well, it's not a primary issue because it's not your primary because it doesn't issue. affect you <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's not your everyday life. So I think all of that's to say that I've become a little more loose with those things and I've less identified with kind of the MO, mm-hmm. honestly, of the church that I've pretty regularly attended mm-hmm. over the better part of a decade. And I don't feel the need to like, if they believe this, I believe this. I feel a lot more freedom yeah. to be able to not pick and choose like it's a buffet, but to have individual conviction in a way that I hope still doesn't conflict, but aligns with the vibe of Christ, not the vibe, but like just honestly who, who I think that is and what that represents. Can I ask you one, one step a little more personal maybe Mm -hmm. and ask you what it's like between you and God? Like if you had to describe that currently, yeah, currently, even if it's since transition right now and it's not like perfectly wrapped up in your mind. Oh, I mean, I think, uh, and this is all like very much informed by, as it is for everyone, probably in, in small and big ways, but it's inf- informed by my own parental relationship where it's like, mm. oh, yeah, he loves me. What do you guys talk a lot? Like, no, no, but it's, <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm, I'm secure that it's there. Right. Yeah. Cause I, cause I feel that with my own dad for sure, where it's like, my dad wasn't a verbal man. My mom was verbal mm-hmm. growing up. So to this day. So I've kind of like over time equated. God as a father figure in the way that like my dad functioned as a father figure where, you know, he was literally in a long distance relationship with my mom in New Jersey for Mm -hmm. nine years. And, and uh, where, where my, my mom and then the rest of us stayed in Texas and my dad lived in New Jersey because of work and they're still married. That feels like that right now. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm still uncomfortable with a lot of like, a lot of the language that comes with people implying an intimacy with God. Mm. Uh, Using that for myself where it's like, I just feel rocked by him and his mercies are new every day. And it's like, 
I'm not going to go that far. Be- and, and even a lot of the stuff that I think we've talked about on the show, I've thought about, oh man, that doesn't, that doesn't track with me. And I think used to, it was almost like fake a feeling or fake it till you make it or like say something and hope that it's true. Yeah. But now I'm just not going to do that language because it's, it's a little insulting or it falls short of, mm-hmm. of what intimacy in a faith context looks like for other people. Whereas okay. for me, like, I don't want to say like, yeah, me and me and the Lord are just, that's okay. I could tie. Yeah. Because I don't feel that way. That's I'm like, okay. man, I hope he doesn't hate this. <laughs> yeah, I hope he doesn't, but I, I truly um, don't know. How has your faith changed since starting the podcast? Or has the podcast like changed anything for you? I think the way that I had to regularly think and talk about faith in the way when I first got into town and first started attending a church. Oh, I see. And then it kind of like fell off, right? So now I feel that in even a much broader way because it's like... Because it's a difference with, between like, oh, yeah, you're in community group and there's like 20 other people there, like 15. Mm-hmm. And now that's different, right? Because <laughs> yeah, we're talking to more like than 20. Future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at the totally. same time, I don't feel I don't feel responsibility to to lead people to Christ on this show. Mm-hmm. Like I and I think that would be a betrayal of the kind of contract and relationship we've set up. Yeah, that's something we came here to with do. With listener. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I think the trajectory for this show if I could have like a pie-in-the-sky view of it, would be for myself and you, Caroline, but also for listeners, that the trajectory and goal is like compassion and kindness and mm. empathy and comedy, probably foremost. But like, yeah. if, the, if those things are true, like if there was a broader, more highfalutin goal, yeah. that, then I hope it's that, not like... And I want people to believe what I believe. Right, and to come to know the greatness of Jesus. No, yeah, because yeah. that would that would feel like, and I know we joke about it all the time, but that would feel like a, a switcheroo in a way that would be very disingenuous and sad, I think. So I would never want to do that on But we're talking show. about you. We're not talking about the show. And right. You th- and you're saying for you that it, whatever the arc may be, it's not necessarily of like by the end of this show, I really, really hope I'm much closer to God. You're more like, I would like to experience greater compassion and kindness and like know this more in a way that's cool. I guess I would separate that from like, that's the the general broad goal that I hope we all share. Mm-hmm. Maybe in listening to, I hope no one listens to anything it says. I hope I become less compassionate from this. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, I guess for myself personally, it's becoming more aware, more sensitive mm-hmm. to the things of God, better defining them for myself. Yeah. Because even now, I will say the difference between now and 17 episodes ago is I feel a little more okay being like, you know what? I don't think this part of what I've been sold as a bill of goods of Christianity is helpful. Yeah. So I'm going to drop it. And if I'm judged harshly for that, ultimately, okay. I feel okay about that. But I, but I I feel a lot more confident about making those decisions. And I, I don't feel like, a, a gaggle of people around me looking like, be careful. Yeah. Tread lightly. Toe the line. Yeah. Well, I remember at the beginning, um, someone said to me, your podcast is like the blind leading the blind mm-hmm. because of the way you've positioned yourself, which I hope isn't true and I wouldn't still disagree with. But that said, I do want to have a better definition of those things for myself. I think to help others in whatever journey that we're on and talking about all these things and having fun along the way Mm -hmm. that I feel secure. 
I don't feel like I'm getting more lost in doing the show. I yeah, guess I should or, say. or that you're not coming from a place of just like pure conjecture or like, I'm not going to try to figure this out. Like at least I'm not trying to convince anybody, but I want to know for myself at least what my stance is before mm-hmm. I before I share an opinion. I think especially to something we talked about in one of the last episodes is when considering different things to believe, I feel like I've gotten more practical in a way that I think some people would say is unbiblical. Hmm. Some might call it that because... Could you give an example? I think gender roles is a big thing Mm because obviously that's been on my mind. Yeah. Where it's like, if I believe this certain thing, it's really hard to, without doing exegetical verbal gymnastics, make this devaluing to women and misogynistic Mm -hmm. in a subtle way or in an unsubtle way. So what if I just didn't believe it? Am I I not holding to scripture in a Mm -hmm. way that most Christians would say I should. Mm -hmm. And I think if that is the case, I'm like, "Uh, I think that's fine. Yeah. So I feel like my views have gotten more practical in that sense. Not like, oh, I don't think Noah's practical, but when it comes to like valuing a person's worth and dignity and personhood, Mm -hmm. that stuff, I feel like I've gotten more sensitive to of, well, the traditional evangelical biblical view of this is contrary to what I believe is the most compassionate. So I'm going to go with my individual conviction of compassion in this scenario. And if it's like off book of the Bible, then it's like, oh, sorry, whatever. Yeah, then maybe that's okay. In that, I don't want to be dismissive and just be like, nah, it's all old, who cares? Right, yeah, it's a very hard hard line to walk. Much like what happened to the old Jedi text in The Last (laughs) Jedi, if you recall. A movie that had a surprisingly amount of profound things to say about religion. Yeah. I thought, honestly. Yeah. So I guess overall, I feel a little more confident and secure about having personal conviction about what it means for myself personally. And again, everything I'm talking about is for me personally. This is not prescriptive for any other person Mm -hmm. (laughs) who might be listening to this or or anyone on the planet. But I feel more security. And honestly, I feel more confidence. Yeah, or a little less worried. Like if I'm defecting from the group, I can live Am with I still that. in? Am yeah. I on the team, you guys? Whereas before it was such a fear. And I just don't I just don't feel that anymore. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's also a part of getting older, but yeah. honestly, like talking to people and talking to the to the different guests on the show and, and reading people's emails and, and hearing their own personal experience yeah, helps with totally. that empathy. It's like anything, man, where a conversation you have one on one in a like in a personal relationship with a person is way more helpful and more interesting as a touchstone or a guiding light than, well, scholars say 2,000 mm-hmm. years ago, where it's like... I think there's a... I feel like I heard this in a Tim Keller sermon or something like that, but he said the very best evangelism doesn't come from a sermon, it doesn't come from a you know speech, it doesn't come from a book, it doesn't come from a tract, it, doesn't, mm-hmm. it comes from a friendship or yeah. a relationship, and I think that's... That's kind of, I think, maybe what you're getting at, too. Like, that means so much more, and that is so much more evidence of God in my life, at least personally, than, like, any of the things I could read or try to, you know, like, debate with or whatever. Yeah, and I think think specifically my friendship with you has helped a lot, too, Mm -hmm. with all this stuff, because... Because I do feel like such a kinship and a we're in this together and and we're roughly you know I I think there's small things we're probably on different pages on mm-hmm. but overall I think we're on the same page in a way that makes me feel 
<laughs> so much less insane yes, than yes. I did a couple years ago. Yeah. I think I still exist in a space of, I hope this is true. I hope God loves me. I hope this is real. Mm-hmm. That said, I will walk in the hope of that, which I guess that's what faith is. Yeah. I just don't. I, I can't connect to the braggadocious swagger of I'm a child of God, everybody. Hey, just you know, like total I can't. Is not, yeah, yeah I, I just can't do that. And yeah. if I can never do that for like the rest of my life, that's just where I'm going to be. And I think that's a lovely shade of Christian that is nice. And you need both. I think you, you have them all. That's fine. Hey, you get you a Christian that can do both. <laughs> what about for you? Um, I think we can do like an extensive deep dive into our backgrounds in a future episode, maybe. Yeah, I'll stick with kind of the recent history. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about two things. Something that's been real that I relate to completely in what you were just talking about is I think one of the the hardest things in my faith is this deep, deep insecurity that like I'm not quite getting it. Mm-hmm. In the way that everyone else is getting it. A thousand percent. Yes. I feel that. Or yeah. like, I know I believe, I know I believe God, but man, I am not having the emotional reaction that this person has, or I am not so uncontrollably have this need to go uh, run to this country or something like that to go proclaim the news of Jesus. Like, that's never been something that came naturally to me. And so I would do probably kind of what you did too of like, well, maybe if I just say it, it'll become truer for me. Or maybe I just need to take the chance, you know, take a mm-hmm. leap of faith. And then, you know, through the trial and error, I'll, I'll feel that way. But there's, a, there's this overlaying question of, is this it? Yeah. And I think a really beautiful thing in our friendship and then in, in reading a lot of emails from other people is like, there are so many people that feel this way mm-hmm. in this like very, um, at least for me, like faith comparison is a big thing. And I think it's something that like, I don't know, pause at this really soft spot in me of like, oh, you believe, but like, if you really believed, you know, like if you really were on board, if you really knew who Jesus was, if you really knew who God was, you'd be doing the X, Y, and Z. The Bible wouldn't be boring to you. This music would be amazing to you. <laughs> you would love all this worship stuff, you know? And and just so many things. And I think that- This music would be amazing to you. Yeah. It's a great, like, you would love Chris Tomlin. Yeah, exactly. Believed. And I think that's that's why this podcast was so exciting for us was to be like, I could never quite get on board with this stuff. And I thought something was wrong with me and that I wasn't quite getting it right faith wise or else this would, I would love this mm-hmm. song, you know, or mm-hmm. I would like full hands up, be shouting, you know, with just screaming with that guy riffing <laughs> on the, you know, don't you? Yeah, totally. And, and I, not that I haven't had moments of like passion with God or felt really strongly. Like I definitely have. And I think those were real, but most of Christianity, super, super daily, like, banal habit in a lot of ways. So I think, tell me if this resonates with you too, because I feel like a personal goal I've had and in conversations I was having with people before was one of the things I thought might be a good goal for me personally is separating the packaging from the package yeah, or like the marketing from the product in this case. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like you share that and and that's kind of what you're speaking to? Yeah, I think... um, That's exactly it. And I feel like I'm in this very special permutation of my faith right now. And like this podcast kind of forced me to do like a yawn or just a stretch of it and kind of like a Mm -hmm. refresh because I think I'm allowing myself the space to be like, okay, this may not be theologically sound to a lot of people or majority people, but I'm allowed to examine this and throw it out if I need to, because that's the only way I can come and pray before God or I can 
feel more compassionate and feel like this lines up with like this other gut feeling that maybe isn't straight from my Sunday school teaching, but that it feels like I, I want to be more compassionate to people or I want to include mm-hmm. gay people in this church or that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And similar to you also, like this podcast has forced me to read so much more than I have about faith issues and about like different even just movements going on in the church that it, that's also doing the same stretch and also being like, wait, we for so long have felt that things were rigid, each of us in our own little buckets, but there are so many places where it's not. And even if we end up in the same place that we do right now, yeah. like allowing yourself to say, um, I can change or like I can change this belief is so powerful and I think so essential. I think the second thing I'm doing right now is kind of just like, full on back to basics with God of like, I feel like every time, not every time, but almost every year, I feel like I'm starting completely over and figuring out like, who is Jesus? Who is this person? Mm -hmm. If he's a person, if he's a being, how does, how do I interact with him? How do I interact with them? Like, what is, what is that like? And so often if I come to God and I want to pray about something, there's this like little cynical voice that is countering every single thing I say. So if I'm like praying for myself, it's saying like, well, aren't you a little miss narcissist today? Like, baby, do you want, oh. do you want to throw in a prayer for the countries too? You know? Yeah. Or if I'm praying for a friend, it's saying like, well, aren't you being a little judgy and deciding how they should live their life? Or if I'm trying to confess something like some bad habit I have, it's like, well, how long do you think it's going to be before you do that again? And, or even just like, oh, that wasn't theologically right. Or like, there's a Bible verse that I know would counteract what you just said or what you asked for. And just like this nagging little thing mm-hmm. that, again, is telling me I'm not quite getting it or I'm not getting it right. And I'm trying to sort of start over and throw that voice out and be like, okay, I'm going to try this faith and I'm not going to worry so much about getting things wrong or not towing the line or not mm-hmm. being like totally, totally correct in my entire doctrinal thinking. Right. Because that all that does is hinder me and it, it turns into this baggage anytime I'm trying to like form a personal relationship with Jesus or with God or figure out what that means for me. So it's kind of like letting those things go. And again, they may be added on and, but I, I, I feel like I have to start a little bit more blank so they can be added on in a healthy way rather than a like, well, this is what you have to believe. So take it or leave it. But there's some things that like also that are from my history of faith. Like I've believed my whole life and that's just, how I am. I think I always will. It's something innate in me. It's not everyone's experience, but that's how I feel. And there are a lot of things that I've learned over my, you know, relatively short life that like I, I can hold on to. Like I know that anything that comes with fear or shame or worry, like that's not from God. I can check that. And anything that is like beautiful and full of joy, that is a gift from God. And like, even Mm -hmm. if it's something silly or not necessarily like Christian, like a funny movie, wow, what a gift, like that is good. And I can own that and Mm -hmm. I can, I can incorporate that, you know, into like my faith and that's okay. They don't have to be separate for me. And, uh, Girls Trip is from God, (laughs) which they do pray to God in that movie. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, and other things like I am beautiful, I am worthy, I am loved. Like those are things that are true and I can carry over forever and that like, God is listening and that this life on earth is important and it's not just biding my time till I get to heaven. Like what happens here matters too. So like mm-hmm. enjoy it and also use the time. And so, yeah, so I'm in a really like cool place and I'm thankful that, like you said, this podcast forces me to think about faith stuff every week, mm-hmm. you know, whether I want to or not. And it's like the most discipline I've ever had in my Christian life, you know, like <laughs> is that true? probably. Yeah. I mean, 
I feel like whenever people say discipline for Christian, that means like reading your Bible every day, quiet time every day, right. quiet time before you go to bed, you know, like la la la. It's cool to have this. And it and for me it's so exciting too because it's one of the first times that like something that was related to Christianity also felt really fun and like something I want to opt into and not something I'm like, oh, I should do that or else I'm not doing this right. That's awesome that it's life-giving in a way that other things haven't been. Though. Yeah, and I think that's really good. And I'm looking forward to more of it and looking forward to next year and like the years to come and, and what this will mean. And I think it's already been so unexpected of what it's done for like me personally. So it's cool. Well, and on that note, I think we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to give a little sneak preview yeah. of what you might be able to expect for 2018. Some of our hopes and dreams for 2018. A God tease. A little God tease. So we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's just me and the Caroline. Me and the Caroline. Mm-hmm. Solo in the, the studio. Caroline, like Madonna. <laughs> the Madonna? Yeah. You know how people say the Madonna? Oh, the Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like a prayer. Well, we're at a special episode. It's the end of the year. It's a little bit of a restart episode and where we've been answering prayers and telling you some of our story. By the way, before we look to the future, looking back, is there any music that you've listened to is there anything that we've covered on the show that you've since revisited just on your own for funsies where it's like this is all right truly the only one jump five (laughs) (laughs) that's it that's really it oh and then i think i was listening to 18s too (laughs) upside down yeah anyway jump five the true b-teens have you listened to a lot of it 
The one I keep coming back to, honestly, is that kind of girl from by DC Talk. <laughs> the other night I met a girl. She's we went to Olive Garden. It's a good melody. It's good. Oh, no. I think it, the melody's good, even though <laughs> the lyrical content remains problematic. TBD. TBD. All right. <laughs> so, well, let's talk about uh, the, the time. The, the future. What's to come. 2018. The ghost of Christian future. So as we're mapping it out, we've been booking some terrific guests. And Caroline had a terrific idea of theming our months. Yes. Making months revolve around a cohesive theme. Things like Purity Month. Mom's Month. Mom's Month. Or Jesus USA Month, <laughs> perhaps for July. So It won't be every month, but we're going to do a few of them next year and, and see how that goes. But I think it'll be really fun. So that's something you can look forward to. Also, we, you know, we did our live show in Brooklyn. Oh, wait, one more month I want to throw in the bunch. What's, what's the month? Proverbs 31 month. Oh, hell yeah. That's right, ladies. We're talking about you. <laughs> covering topic. We'll be covering topics like I Kiss Dating Goodbye, mm-hmm. The Prince of Egypt. And you know what? Yeah, I yeah. spoke to an old friend that said, if I come on, I got to do Seventh Heaven. Yes. So we'll definitely be covering things like that. Excited about that. Also, we want to get really into, oh, we were saying... We did our live show in Brooklyn, had mm-hmm. a blasty blast. We want to be touring more actively yeah. as the year comes. So we're trying to figure out what that looks like to actually go on the road, find spaces that make sense to do the podcast in. Yeah. Because obviously there's, ugh, I mean, let's be transparent. We ain't selling out Wembley Stadium anytime soon. Is that a made of stadium? No, it's in Europe. I think it's Wimbledon, Kevin. No, it's Wembley. It's Wimbledon. I promise you there's Wembley <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> yeah. If, I mean, uh, yeah, we'd love to get out there more and to see more of you. Um. Yeah. So we're, we're trying to figure out what it would look like to maybe do a show out of town, even, even as ambitious as it is, maybe once a month or do a tour that combines a couple of weekends in a row. Yeah. So be looking for those dates and, and also, you know, on the subject of that and being local in certain contexts we also want to be a little more hands-on with charity stuff yeah um i am mapping out like our charities for next year and i want to do a little more um hands-on stuff i mean sending donations is of course helpful but um a lot of especially the local charities like we'd love to be able to volunteer with them and maybe invite listeners if they want to join in or just find ways to partner with them that are a little more tangible or even to have them um maybe uh be a co-partner on a show on a live show and like tie that in. So look forward to that and more of it. Yeah. Look forward to the red cross presents good Christian fun <laughs> brought to you by Jamboree. Salvation Army. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so cool to have a Salvation Army band at our shows. Oh, that'd be rad. Let's and go to like, New Orleans. Brunch. Um, <laughs> so there's all that stuff. Also, as we've seen in this show, in this episode, there's a lot we can talk about and want to talk about that doesn't quite fit into the format of what we want the show to be on a weekly basis. I mean, there's a lot of topics that maybe don't fit the format, um, maybe aren't pop culture necessarily, or just require more time and like a little more long form discussion. Yeah. So I feel like, and maybe you're listening to this and you're like, 
I hate this crap. No, Why are you. we talking about all this? <laughs> I don't care Too about what already. you guys are going through. <laughs> sure. But I think uh, for Caroline and myself, and maybe, perhaps, I don't want to be presumptuous, but maybe for some listeners out there, there's more of a desire not only to do like deep dives into stuff, but also to do different kinds of episodes and do different kinds of shows. For example, we are going to the Newsboys concert in February. GCF meetup. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) listen, come. It is February the 20th. We're at the Will Turn, Row J in In the middle section. Yeah. Come say hi. Come say hi. But that's something where we're going to go and we're going to record a good portion of the night and Um, being at the Newsboys Another Another one that I'm really excited about is we've actually had a few CCM artists reach out to us about potentially doing a show together. Yes. So that may be something we look into too. Like who's, actually talking to Whose names we shan't reveal at this time, <laughs> but we've heard from them or their managers like, oh, this person's really yeah, into the which show. Which blew my mind. I was so floored by that. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm glad we haven't done her episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we did it as a oh, test. No. Yeah. Uh, so, so all that's to say, we are comfortable with the show being what it is on a weekly basis and not straying from the format. We love the idea of having a guest on, getting talking to them about their personal experience, doing pop culture, mm-hmm. having that be what it is. But at the same time, we do want to expand more. And I feel like we, we especially felt it this past month where it's like, oh, good Christmas fun was so fun, but we only got to do three episodes right. of that. And There's so much more. And it was like, oh, I would have loved to have done good Hanukkah fun. Exactly. Talk about yeah. Hanukkah pop culture stuff. And then like have to read up on it and and yeah. see what the expression of that holiday looks like. Christmaka episodes of the OC and whatnot. <laughs> so I think in light of all that and something we've been talking about for a long time and having seen other podcasts participate in this sort of model is I think we do at some point in 2018 – Want to launch a Patreon? <laughs> Why? We can get to it. Well, I just want to preface it in all the right ways. Well, here's what I've seen a lot, which I think is nonsense: is people launching with a Patreon by episode one, where it's like, no, yeah, hey, buddy, we just yeah. started going out. Don't propose to me yet. Yeah. We're still getting to know there each other. There may be no demand for this at all. That's fine. Um, but yeah, if you are someone that wants a little more good Christian fun in your week, that'll be something we will be launching next year. The way it's going to look like right now in our current conception of it is we will do an additional episode every week. Mm-hmm. And our vision for it is to not do something that's just outtakes or bullshit that didn't fit into the format or whatever, right. but to actually do a whole other kind of show yes. that's within theme where it's like, oh, we already talked about Michael W. Smith. Well, have you listened to this Michael W. Smith album? Or yeah. or we do those special episodes in the field or like, instead of talking about Hell House the documentary, we go to a Hell House yeah. and that's an episode. Yeah. So this podcast that you're listening to, it will never be something that you have to pay for that is behind a paywall. Mm-mm. But at the same time, we honestly just feel a desire to do more of it, yeah. but in a way that doesn't feel insane. There's just so much more to talk about and so much more that we're interested in and we will be just as thoughtful and just as invested in making that good too. That's a part of like our vision for what that looks like and, and more expanding the scope and scale of like, may we don't talk about something that's strictly Christian. May we like explore other faiths and other different kinds of whatever. Yeah, so we're excited about that launch and um, we'll keep you updated when that's going on. But uh, stay tuned. And you can become a Patreon saint. 
<laughs> if you so choose. That's so perfect. Shouts out to Chelsea for coming off with that pun. Thank you, Chelsea. That was on the tip of my tongue, perhaps. Yeah. Well, maybe let's uh, wrap up with some closing prayer. thoughts. Oh, closing thoughts. Yeah, no prayer. No prayer. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I just want to say this show has been so fun, and I've, I've already talked a little bit about what it's meant to me, but it's it's beyond that just been so cool to uh, – read your guys' experience. And one of my favorite things to read is how uh, like families have come together, how you talk with your dad oh gosh, or your siblings yes. about it. Like that seems so special to me, especially I think like a lot of the time religion can be a little taboo or a little weird in your family. So the fact that you can laugh about these things together and have these new inside jokes delights me to no end. Sure. And like with your friends. And so it's been really special and I've just loved doing it. And so I love you guys. Thank you for uh, hanging in there. Yeah, and I think even a couple months in, it's already exceeded our expectations oh, in yeah. terms of how it's connected. <laughs> Did you think zero people? Oh, I thought would it was going to, to hell. No. <laughs> it has exceeded our expectations in terms of what's resonated with people and how people have connected to it in yeah. such a deep and personal. It feels like the more specific a reference is, the more deeply it resonates with a person <laughs> sure. where it's like, you knew spinning round? Yeah, yeah. That sort of thing. Totally. So. It's very touching to hear the generosity of people sharing their personal stories and personal lives, honestly, in emails and feedback. And even the people that came out to the live shows, which... Again, we hope to do more of in the new year. So, yeah, so we so just cool. want to say thanks for for taking a chance on a podcast that is that continues to be a hard sell. Good Christian fun, hard to market. <laughs> Very hard to market. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm especially touched by people that feel no connection with Christianity or Christian nostalgia at all. That you would uh, that you would choose to be a part of this and and listen to us and our guests is yes, is really so cool. sweet. We and never forget you or. or Hashtag never forget the non-Christian <laughs> listeners that. of good Christian fun. Um, something else I want to say and just wrapping up this year is how much I appreciate you, Kevin, and like Aww. how great this has been to do this with you. And I think it's been a really interesting dynamic of being a total first-time podcaster with someone who had a really successful podcast. And it totally could, it totally could have not gone this way, but I've never felt like you um, were a bulldozer or like you didn't want to hear me like you have been so empowering and like so uh, welcoming and generous with this world you brought me into and I'm really grateful for that and beyond that you're just one of the funniest kindest people I know and I love you friend and it's just really special to do this with you I'm so glad like I mean, you're the partner out of anyone else. Oh, I mean, wow. It's yeah. a little overwhelming. I may need a beat. <laughs> and I know I give you so many sick burns that are so sick, but uh, under all that. <laughs> that are so sick. <laughs> but under all this, like, you know, I care so much about you and I feel I really value our friendship. Well, I value you too, because I feel like looking back on it when we were first starting to talk about it. And now it now feels dumb. It's like, why would it be anyone else but Caroline that I would <laughs> do this show with? Because I do feel like that's been one of like the sweetest joys for me is to be able to just like share in all this stuff with you and like, no, come on, see what yes. see what's possible, see what you can do. Yeah. What I love about this show too is I feel like sometimes when you work with friends the work relationship can be a detriment to the friendship or the friendship can be a detriment to <laughs> right. the work relationship. Yeah. And 
I know there will probably be, you know, things we always work out lovingly and kindness in the future. But I feel like our working relationship together feeds the friendship and the friendship feeds the working relationship in a way that I've really never experienced before. It has been so sweet and lovely to share with you. And it's just like the dream to make a show with one of my best friends in the world. Oh, thank you. I feel exactly the same. Yeah, we work so well together and we stay friends and that's that's huge. For now. Yep, for now. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Well, this was formerly quite uh, 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 called Answered Prayers. <laughs> it's now called Good Question Fun, <laughs> volume one of one, maybe. Or, yeah, this may be it. Or volume one of infinity. <laughs> we may circle back. There's still so many wonderful questions we didn't get to. Is that I well, feel like we didn't even scratch the surface of no, email. No, so. you guys did. You really killed it. So thank so you for that. So we can get them. But on that note, I'll play us out on a song I prepared for the former title of this episode. It's like a little good question fun. It's a good question fun. It's a good question fun. We'll see you in 2018, you guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And all pods people said, Amen. The Madonna. (laughs) (laughs) This short-lived series was part animated, part live action, and all wholesome as heck. Next week on GCF, we're kicking off 2018 by watching McGee and Me, specifically the episode Twister and Shout, which you can watch for free in its entirety on YouTube. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>